Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P.
Welcome to the Perpetual Motion Show with me, Joe Dwyer, and Stuart Diebel. We're coming to you on a face radio in association with our new sponsor, Stu, DRC Shipping. Yes, big love to Warren at DRC Shipping. Um, obviously likes what we do, uh, and it's taken some time to get someone to like what we do, part with their money. But um, Great company, uh, and we'll give a bit of info about them later. For all you lot, and we've also, as we're in coming August, we've got a reggae special to celebrate Carnival and all the other events that are happening, and obviously we're celebrating the music that we're very f- not just fond of, uh, that mean a lot to both of us. And our special guest, uh, it probably means even more to him, uh, Toby Broom, who's coming all the way over from South London to join us today, and uh, he's written a book called Englishman: Adventures in Music. All about his life and times being involved in uh, reggae, dancehall, and all the other strands. But uh, f- before we get to any sort of reggae music, we're going to play a new track by Joel Stoker out of the Rifles. He's releasing his solo album coming very soon. Yeah, early early September, I believe. Yeah. And this is called My Own War. <laughs>
Miracle Liner rings out there by the last Shadow Puppets. And it pretty much rings out the last time that uh, Alex Turner wrote a great song. A really oh, great song. We'll agree to disagree, I think. We'll oh, agree to disagree. I don't know if he wrote it. Did they write it together, both well, of them? Well, Miles Kane didn't write that. He didn't. Honest. No, no. So, <laughs> I don't know. No, Don't get me wrong. I think what the last Shadow um, Outlet Monkeys are doing are great in that. But for me, that's... I don't know. I just really love that song. Um, hopefully they'll do another record because their two albums are really good and they really strong they are, records. Yeah. Do you know what I think? I think the Arctic Monkeys got coming for a bit of unfair criticism post Glastonbury because I saw that same set at Arsenal and it was brilliant. Like it was really good, but I suppose maybe you've got sixty thousand people that are there specifically to see the Arctic Monkeys, whereas Glastonbury maybe. Well, I think Glastonbury was great. protecting his voice a little bit. Um, I'm not saying that it affected his performance, but it definitely lagged in the middle of their set. You know, it just seemed to really, didn't really catch fire. And I think when you're doing Glastonbury, you you have got to be one of them bands that plays the big songs, you know, all for, all the way through. Well, I think he, I think he's naturally shy, like... Yeah, I know, and, but he's been he's, doing it a long time and, yeah, to say that, naturally shy. It's not the persona. I love the persona because he's used up. But I think, but I think the persona else. is that he doesn't necessarily talk between songs. He doesn't get the crowd going. Like, you know, Guns yeah, N' Roses, not, yeah, yeah. They, talk, they talk between sets, but like the songs are dreadful. Like, Yeah, I, well, it's not that. No, there's a it's performance. There's, there's headline performing and there's sort of performing just for the sake of being a little bit different. I mean, it's obviously for courses, whatever anyone thinks of music, but I just thought, to me, it wasn't, I don't know. I think it's changed Glastonbury now. I mean, I saw Weller. I remember Weller playing second below Elvis Costello in 94. And this is this is just after the Wildwood, the Wildwood, Wildwood tour and that, Wildwood, I'll say that again, Wildwood. <laughs> and um, he, I saw, it was a different audience as well because people were there for the music. And... I thought a lot of people had seen him either for the first time in any sort of incarnation or hadn't seen him since the jam. And I watched him play his set as he, the way he does and he changed the field from sort of, you know, maybe non-believers into believers by the end of it. And I think Glassman's not like that anymore. I don't think people can just rock up and but change I, it. But I don't think there were necessarily non-believers in the Arctic Monkeys. I think you're saying Paul Weller played in 94 people hadn't seen him since the jam like everyone knows the Arctic Monkeys everyone knows Alex Turner yeah I think yeah well that means it should have been a little bit better <laughs> anyway <laughs> again we'll agree to disagree we'll agree to disagree <laughs> yeah. we've got loads of tracks played today again as always it's about the music and uh, and our love of all strands and kinds and we've got two tracks here so because we're doing a reggae thing I looked at these two tracks and thought there's a massive Reggae influence on both these tracks, whether it's dub or, you know, old school ska or whatever. Well, there's no ska involved with these two tracks, but you know what I mean. Reggae. We're celebrating the martial art of reggae. And first, we'll hear Massive Attack, Safe from Arm.
was looking, I was, I was looking back to see if you were looking back at me to see me looking back you at you. you
House of Mirrors there by the, the Mighty Doves uh, off my favourite Doves album, Kingdom of Rust, which is from, well, it only seems like last week, but again, it's, <laughs> it's more or less a lifetime ago, I think. Um, yes, and we've got some exclusive news uh, coming up after the next two tracks, uh, which I think you should be excited about. We're excited. We are very excited. We're having a day out. But uh, before we get to that, we're going to play... A couple of my picks as well. This is Ian during the Blockheads. And as I'm going to be turning into uh, a year older next month, mm. reasons to be cheerful come to mind because I'm just quite glad that I wake up every morning at the moment. <laughs> but uh, let's hear a bit of uh, Reasons to be Cheerful Part 3 by the Mighty Blockheads. In the alley, and nanny goats, 18 wheelers, camels, Dominica camels, all other mammals plus equal boats. Seeing Piccadilly, Fanny Smith and Willie, being rather silly, and porridge oats. A bit of grin and bear it, a bit of come and share it. You're welcome, we can spare it. Yellow socks, too short to be haughty, too nutty to be naughty. Going on 40, no electric shots. The juice of the carrot, the smile of the parrot, a little drop of clara, anything that works. Elvis and Scotty, days when I ain't spotty, sitting on the potty, curing smallpox. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. Reasons to be cheerful. One, two, three. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. Health service glasses, gigolos and brasses, round or skinny bottles. Take him on to Paris, lighting up the chalice. Wee Willie Harris. Bantu Stephen Beagle, listening to Rico. Harpo Groucho Chico. Cheddar cheese and pickle, the Vincent motorcycle. Slap and tickle. Woody Allen Darley, Dimitri and Pasquale. Bala 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 and Valari. Something nice to study, phoning up a buddy, being in my nuddy. Saying okie dokie, sing along a smoky, coming out a chokey. John Coltrane Soprano, Eddie Celentano, Bona Carino. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. Reasons to be cheerful, one, two, three. Yes, yes, dear, dear, perhaps next year, or maybe even never. In which...
violently happy there by Bjork, the former singer of the Sugar Cubes, for those of you old enough to know better. Um, violently happy is also a description we could describe Joe as this morning because he's an absolute mess. Uh, after, not, not so much happy. Well, yeah, yeah, well, I was doing him a favour, really. Violently get on my nerves a little bit. Talking absolute crap in between songs. Um, but yes, 30 years of that and um, an album very... Uh, fondly remembered by myself for um, again being part of that brilliant time that's not Britpop which is all we seem to hear about at the moment um, but yes Joe what are we doing we've got an event coming up we do we? we've got a live show coming on the 18th of November at the Water Rats Stu haven't we yeah Water Rats November the 18th which is International Weekend so it means even QBR aren't playing QBR fans can come <laughs> along with it missing their team losing um, yeah and we've got a special guest we've got uh, Nick Corbin from, well Nick Corbin who's man of many talents isn't he? he's he is, got his own he label head honcho at Big AC Records Big a- with his wife yeah yeah uh, Sophie is also obviously he was the founder member of New Street Adventure one of the biggest bands never to make it in, uh, do, do you know what that, that for me they were my sort of lockdown lockdown band I, I sort of missed them at the time yeah um, but what a band they were fantastic I'm, I mean I don't want to go too much on about embarrassing but he, he knows what I think but they were I always felt they were primed for the festival circuit and everything when I first saw them we did a couple of gigs with them uh, when I was part of the Spitfires and stuff and uh, yeah we put them on a couple of times as well and um, brilliant band but Nick's just a great songwriter so I'm sure he will have all the stories because the idea is to have Nick uh, talk about his career in music as well as play songs. Um, but listen, tickets for a fiver. It's going to be uh, Saturday afternoon, so doors open at one o'clock, uh, November the eighteenth, and you'll be able to buy them for. Um, I'll do myself up here, but five pound a ticket. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong with that. And we'll be doing the show as we are now. Um, and chaos will ensue, no doubt. <laughs> and I intend to get have a drink as I go. So, uh, so I'll end chaos up, will ensue. <laughs> yeah, I'll end up like Joe by the end of it. Um, but coming up next, also right. So coming up next is also Blur. Blur. We went to see Blur, didn't we, at Wembley? We did. We did, and we, you know, I know we'd <laughs> spoken about it being ninety pound a ticket, and I thought that was unreasonable. But I think we paid twelve quid. Yeah, I've, I paid even less. Um, the tickets come up, basically the Sunday didn't sell, which I knew it wouldn't. Uh, kept an eye on it, and then I saw that a load of tickets turned up on one of the uh, one of the websites, the resale sites, and they were £10. And I put it out there, I let people know, and people thought I was trying to stitch them up. And it's like, well, I ain't making anything. I wish I'd, have, I wish I'd just bought 20 tickets now for a tenner and sold them on. But uh, for the amount of grief I got for it. But... What was great about Blur was obviously Paul, well not obviously, but Paul was supporting Paul Weller, um, and it was a lovely, it was a beautiful weekend. It was. Uh, it was also, it was a pleasant experience because so many people came along, uh, you know, old mates and stuff, and we had a good drink, you know. God, I mean, Budweiser on sale there, they don't water that down, I'll tell you. Yeah. Well, just just the £8.95 or whatever it was no, for seven, a tin. No, £7 something, wasn't oh, it? Oh, sorry, reasonable. Anyway. Yeah, 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 it was, <laughs> it was coming, yeah. Well, whatever it was. We, we know, but Blur, yeah, they don't water it down. Blur were brilliant, and um, it sort of reminded me how many great songs they had, but it was also the songs that were album tracks uh, from Park Life and stuff, like um, 
she called trouble me in the message trouble center. in the message center where Coxon loses his shit uh, and stuff and like Damon Damon lost his crap and all then he like cried a couple of times on stage he did well you know I'm a firm believer that West London is God's country and, oh, yeah. and any man that, that writes a song and sings a song about West London rightfully breaks down in tears and should come on the show really so we request I'm going to request that Damon comes on and talks about his uh, his love of West London uh, we'll just call him at football one day yeah. do, you know, do you know what I had so many people I, I sent a tweet out about that and uh, so, well he's from Essex I said well I didn't say he's from West London like he's just written a song about West London and I think people dislike him yeah he's not he's, yeah some people don't like him like, you can't take away though he, he's a phenomenal he's a artist you know He's done a, you know, he's proved it time and again with his different guises. But they all, oh, that, I mean, that band came to go. Weirdly enough, I first saw Blur nineteen ninety one at the Astoria Junction. But my sister um, was friends with Dave. Dave had a thing. Well, I don't want to make a big thing about it, but Dave used to phone up my house at one in the morning, like when we all lived to, uh, lived at home. Me, my sister, mum, dad. I think the old man got it right up one day and uh, <laughs> uh, told him not to ring again in no uncertain terms. Um, but yes, it, I've I've seen him grow. I, I've fallen out of love with him all through, really, especially the I mentioned again the Britpop thing because you had to pick. I felt you had to pick your side and Blur Blur were um, Modern Life's a great album and that. But um, I'd met I'd met them all at that point and they weren't particularly that likable, especially two of them. I won't mention which two. <laughs> Uh, and um, so I, I didn't have any problem with sort of thinking, nah, let back this, in the Northerners. Yeah, yeah, back in the Northerners against the, the Southern Softies. Um, but I loved Oasis, as, as most people know, anyway. And um, But by the time Beetlebum come out, I was back in love with them again and saw them again. And then, you know, they've done their thing over the years. But I just felt that that gig was a real celebration. <laughs>
down on your proclamation. Get some exercise. That was Blur with the Universal. And speaking of Universal, Stu, our new sponsors, DRC Shipping, DRC Shipping. Do they uh, deliver universally? I think they do. DRC Shipping UK Limited is a privately owned British-based multi-model logistics company with over 40 years' experience in this sector and a 25-year niche in publisher services, exporting magazines and books worldwide. They actually did a job on uh, Soul Deep, which we was most happy with. We offer cost-effective... We, I'm not actually working for them as yet, but DRC offer cost-effective logistics services in all sectors of import and export. Uh, yeah, and um, and other stuff. Their website is drcshippinguklimited.co.uk. Um, if you didn't get that, and because I read it out really badly, you can't even read my own writing, drcshippinguklimited.co.uk. If you've got anything that needs to go home and abroad, give DRC a shout. Now we're getting into our next, we're getting the next hour of or so of reggae our section that we've originally titled Reggae Sunsplash even though the sun is not out this morning where we're recording oh. in suddenly sudden sunny not so sunny Tory led uh, Uxbridge and South oh, Rysett Manor God, we won't get into that joke. yeah the Ulez the uh, Ulez basically jihadis got involved and uh, <laughs> turned it into something more than just uh, a, a straight fight for power in this manner. But I don't live here, so uh, I won't go on too much about it. But I know plenty of people who should know better vote Tory. But Shout out to Simon Courtlang that had a winner at 10 to 1. Yeah, yeah, good old Simon. Yeah, we was told it was, keep your side, was a bit told it was like betting on Chelsea. So, uh, <laughs> nice one, mate. Uh, buy me a drink. Yeah, we're going to start with... Well, not a reggae track as such, but a reggae influenced banger. Yeah, it's, it's a, you know it's Joe Strummer's experience, isn't it, of of going to this sort of reggae gig and and the influence it had on him, and, and ultimately the influence it had on the Clash. Well, the other thing as well, I, the person he's with was Ray Gange uh, of Rude Boy fame, and I don't know if it was that night, but he said that being a punk, walking around Hammersmith around that time. Walking past the Ted's pub wasn't too clever, uh, and I think you got yeah I think it got a bit violent. Uh, I don't know if it was that same night that they were both at, but obviously this is uh, turning rebellion into money. Money, yeah. They yeah. got Burton suits. Yeah, that was a dig at the jam, was it? We well, said it wasn't, but yeah, it was. But it yeah, was. yeah. <laughs> but it was. He weren't like I wouldn't say it was a barbed one, but I think Weller would have seen that as something different. But yeah, so let's hear White Man in Hampstead Palace.
southwest to England. Dear Mama, good day. I hope that when these few lines reach you, they may find you in the best of health. Mama, I really don't know how to tell you this. Cause I did make a solemn promise to take care of little Jim and try my best to look out for him. Mama, I really did try my best, but nonetheless, I'm sorry to tell you, sir, poor little Jim get a rest. It was the middle of the rush hour when everybody just a hustle and a bustle to go home for them evening shower. Me and Jim stand up waiting for a bus, not causing no fuss. When all on a sudden a police van pull up, out jump three policemen, all of them carrying baton. Them walk straight up to me and Jim. One of them hold on to Jim, say him taking him in. Jim tell him to let go of him, for him not do nothing, and him not a thief. Not even a button. Jim start to wriggle. The police start to giggle. Mama, make I tell you what them do to Jim. Mama, make I tell you what them do to him. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Them thump him in him belly and it turn to jelly. Them lick him on him back and him rib get pop. Them lick him on him head but it tough like leg. Them kick him in him seed and it started to bleed. Mama. I just couldn't stand up there and do nothing. So me juke one in him eye and him started to cry. Me thump one in him mouth and him started to shout. Me kick one pan him shin and him started to spin. Me thump him pan him chin and him drop on a bin and crash. And dead. Mama. More policemen come down. And beat me to the ground. Them charge Jim for sus. Them charge me for murder. Mama, don't fret. Don't get depressed and don't ask it. Be of good courage till I hear from you. I remain your son.
So that was Sonny's Letter by Linton Quasi Johnson, who is supporting none other than John Cooper Clark at the Palladium, um, which Stu is reliably informed me is March 24. I thought it was November. Um, but I think that I think that would be a really a really good night. I think, you know, John Cooper Clark, I think he's got Alzheimer's. I think he... Has he? Yeah. No, so no, the, he's 75, his 75th birthday, isn't it? I think he's so, celebrating. So the tour is called the While I'm Still Here tour. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, they're two think... giants of of poetry, post post punk poetry, mm. um, massive in in my life, my world, and that, and for a lot of people. So yeah, I'll, Joe's told me about it. I think I'm going to jump on, and uh, tickets are quite reasonable and all. I think. Well, I mean, there ain't no bands, so it should be. <laughs> but you know, thirty forty quid a brief. So yeah, I hey, think um... we'll all have a drink. It'll be a lot blur. Absolutely. Yeah, blimey. Um... His Desert Island Discs, John Cooper Clark, is one of the, is one of the greatest, um, one of the greatest episodes. Um, and actually, I, I maybe when I was younger, I struggled a little bit with him. I, I don't think I necessarily understood or appreciated what he did. But his Desert Island Discs was just hilarious. And you know that you can take away, or you can take one item when you're cast away. And I said, "What would your item be?" He went, "Well, if I'm allowed to, I'd take a big ball of heroin." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, moving swiftly on. Yes, uh, we've got Rankin Joe come up. Ironically, I feel rank in my name. Yeah, is Joe. he's rank, and we've got <laughs> our, our guest. Our guest with us. Our guest should be with us very soon. Toby Broom. So uh, let's get stuck in. But uh, I'd like to before we play this song. I'd like to dedicate this to uh, my son's godfather, who bought Teddy's first pair of Clarks, um, which is a which is an important moment in the young man's life. So yeah, this is Clark's Booty Style. Yo, Dread, can I move to the man I wear Rasta? <laughs> Clark's Booty, me I tell you the best. <laughs> oh. Think of Clark's Booty Style. William Chula kind of really run the world as I want to live back with Thomas Style and don't get so spun. Yeah, you know? Uh-uh. Take it off your shoes and make me rap to the blues. Kick off your shoes and make me rap to the blues. Reggie, no one does a name of your class food. Reggie, no one does a name of your class food. Strictly is the pattern we know on a pound good. Strictly is the pattern we know on a pound good. Got this a uptown Friday night. Boom! Got you love this a uptown Friday night. Boom! Got you love then you skip and then you dip and then you shake your mulligan imp and this a reggae magic. No good this but I make you jump and twist. Kick off your shoes and make me rap to the blues. Kick off your shoes and make me rap to the blues. The bridge you know what is on them and we are class boot. Bridge you know what is on them and we are class boot. But kick off your shoes and make me rap to the blues. Cause I uptown Friday night. Boom! Catilla this a uptown Friday night. Come with me till you send a uptown Friday night. To take you to the club and make you do the rubber dub. To take you to the dance and make you jump and prance. Cause I uptown Friday night. Got you love this uptown Friday night. Do it, child. Many don't go see your little lovers day. But I play the rhythm, make on this song and lead the way. To kick off your shoes and make you rap to the blues. Kick off your shoes and make you rap to the blues. Automatic 
off your shoes and make we rock to the blues. Kick off your shoes and make we rock to the blues. Strictly wrist the flat and we don't wanna punk out. Strictly wrist the flat and we don't wanna punk out. Tiberi know what is on them a wear class boot. Tiberi know what is on them a wear class boot. But a class boot is tight. But a class boot is tight. But a class boot is tight. Kinda really rolling right. Cause it's a uptown Friday night. Cause it's a uptown Friday night. Cut up town Friday night. Don't jam. Cut up town Friday night. Till rope and go down and then your bubble and come up. Put rope and go down and then your bubble and come up. Break it off your shoes and make you rock to the blues. Must be for me to you what you tell me excuse. Cause I up town Friday night. Good. We 
Petticoat, Charlie Coat and Splitter. And all righteous shall stand. Heel, Rasta heel and wheel. Heel, Rasta don't quail. Blood, 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 blood and fire. Blood, 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 blood and fire. You're listening to the Perpetual Motion Show on Face Radio, sponsored by DRC Shipping. And we welcome our special guests today, all that come hot-footed over from Camberwell. And not the first guest from Camberwell, but probably the best <laughs> speaking one that we've had. <laughs> uh, most eloquent one. But Toby Broom, uh, welcome, sir. Welcome to Uxbridge. How are you doing, mate? Thank you very much. I've, I've seen all of Uxbridge in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, sorry, but it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be at the right place, yeah, more or less at the right time. That's good. We always find our way, don't yeah. we? Eventually. Toby, Toby has written a book called Englishman, which um, when was that released? Toby first published. Uh, good question. It was the first sort of twenty odd copies would have been in the first month of twenty sixteen. Okay, and um, it's fair to say that you're not just a lover of reggae; you're an absolute disciple. Yes, that's a very good word. Uh, I mean, not least because that suggests I've learned a lot from it, which I have. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up listening to all sorts of different music, um, but if I had a sort of specialism, it would be old school. I'd say old school reggae. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what we're going to do? We're going to play some some of your the tracks that you've picked. We've got mm. five tracks, mm-hmm. and let's hear the first one, Mister My- Mid- Midnight by the Dynamites. <laughs> Thank you. 
That was Mr. Midnight by the Dynamites. And uh, Toby, you've just said if you could ever have one track that you played yeah. for the rest of eternity, that, that would be... Yes, yes. If all the others got washed away, uh, that would be... that. That's the one. But it's taken me so long to come to that conclusion. Because obviously most people tell you it's a different one each day of the week, different <laughs> genre, what have you. Um, two reasons. One... I think it's a fantastic piece of music. It's really nicely arranged. Um, Winston Wright on the keyboard, um, you know, liquidator fame, um, uh, and just a lo lovely rhythm. Uh, but, and uh, even as I'm speaking now, uh, that one record got me through a very, very difficult phase of my life. It wasn't just one crutch, it was both crutches, both sides. And I lent a lot on music during this difficult phase. and. Uh, that was the one, so it has a lot of uh, emotional baggage as well. And you said your, your good lady Pearl has joined us, so thank, thank you for being here. And you said you, you forced Pearl to play that when she yeah, plays out. Yeah, well, Pearl plays out a lot more often than I, I do, so yeah, I'll just I do, make I sure do. it's always in your box, Pearl. It is I? always in my box, yeah, thank you. Um, so talk to me, where, where did the love of reggae, so growing up in Kent, that's well, that, not necessarily an It is not fertile be... territory no. for Jamaican music, but I have, uh, have two older sisters, and my eldest sister um, was out um, exploring what there was to explore in Maidstone of all places, and every Monday she went to a, a place called the Tudor Rose in Bested, outside London, uh, Maidstone actually, where the music of the day was um, Motown Chartbusters and Trojan, just the tracks that were on those. Um, she then went to Goose's Records in Maidstone and brought all those home. So I grew up seven, eight, nine, ten years of age, listening to all of that stuff, just playing through the house. Um, my dad had this great Sony um, set, and it used to pack a punch. He just let us get on with it. So I grew up listening to things like Liquidator, and obviously a lot of it also was on Top of the Pops. Mm -hmm. So like, I remember Double Barrel being on Top of the Pops, yeah. which was a number one in '71. Um, That's and crazy, isn't it? Like 50, 52 years ago, and it, and it still and sounds as fresh as like the Israelites are number one as yes, well, wasn't it? Yes, that's right. And they all they were all on top of the pops, yeah. you know. It was a very commercial music, and what mm. then happened, I don't know. Um, so there was that. Then she moved to Labrook Grove in the mid 70s. So then it was, you know, Burning Spear, Bob Marley, Ras Michael, Hamilton Bahannon, Al Green. So all of that was kind of filtering through. Um, she bought me Exodus um, for my 15th birthday. Um, Time magazine LP of the 20th century. Not going to argue with that. Um, and that was it, really. I was off on my own journey then and uh, listening to all sorts of different things, a lot of punk and two-tone. Two-tone made perfect sense because um, I knew all the tunes from, from my younger days and then with that sort of punk energy um, fixed in there. Um, so how old would you have been around that late 70s then? Um, when two-tone hit, well, punk... Uh, I was 14, 13, 14, um, and then two-tone, probably a year or so, 78, I was 15, 15, okay. 16. Just, just still at school age, just. Yeah, but but uh, but going out, and they a lot of these bands toured really heavily, so for instance, I saw um, the Specials, the Selector and the Beat on the same bill, would have been 78 nine, into nine, maybe about 40 people in the room at Canterbury Art College. Um, so, and all the punk, every, I saw, we saw all the punk bands other than the Pistols. We saw every, every single one of them somehow came to Canterbury because um, it was on the student yeah, 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 yeah. circuit, yeah, yeah. big university. Um, so they're either at the university or at the um, at the Odeon. 
Um, so there was a lot of live music around that time. But then uh, I kind of got lucky uh, and in the sense I went to university in Southampton, which didn't particularly have a, a great reputation music-wise. Um, but uh, fairly quickly I found this club called the West Indian Club, which was, where, which was the only action in the whole of Southampton on a Friday night and a Saturday night. And it had everybody there, a few students, not many. Um, it was in a big red light area, so there was all sorts of personalities from that world uh, on both sides of that, all three sides indeed of that world, and, and just about every one of West Indian heritage you know, within a 20-mile radius. Um, so that then kick-started everything again when I got to college. I, th I think in, in the book that, that's one of my... One of the things I, I really enjoyed about it is you sort of found these these dens of iniquity as it were I did. you know where, wherever you seem to went you know there was Lavender Hill there was Southampton there was Tulsa like there, there was all these places where you seem to end up in, in the right place listening to the music that's such an astute observation um, because it's the music it's the love of the music that pulls me. in every single one I'm always explore. I always want more and it's the music that pulls me. So that's exactly, you know, that hadn't occurred to me in exactly that way. Um, but it's, the, it's wanting the music that's pulled me into every scenario that's in the book. That's, that's very astute. Thank you. So this is a really tenuous link, but we could argue that it is your religion. So we're going to re-organise that with my religion. Come on! Shabbo. <laughs> Shabba. Just can't be in a 
Isaacs with my religion um you know I think it comes across in the book that you know Stu said earlier you are a disciple of mm. Jamaican music yeah. and I, I think it is it is a real love and a real belief in it mm. and, and that does that does come across yeah. in yeah in the book and it, you know I think all of humanity is there yeah yeah absolutely. and other genres as well but there's something unique there's something unique. um no Gregory's my favourite Jamaican singer by a country mile. Um, it's the, it's the part of the delivery. He's so laid back in the delivery. He's almost falling into the bar behind. Um, I call him, or I have called him the Jamaican Sinatra. He's just got that timing. But he also lived the life as well. I mean, um, a lot of people have Dennis Brown as their favourite singer. Great artist, incredible music. But for me, he's more of a performer of songs. Whereas Gregory lived the life. Everything he sung about, you knew he was living it at the time. It's, it's not an act, is it? Correct. It's, yeah. Correct. Or a performance. Yeah, correct. And uh, yeah, he's the best. I was very lucky. I went, I saw him at um, what's now a very famous show at the Brixton Academy in 1984. Um, it's the one where he comes on with a bucket of roses for the <laughs> thousand girls at the front. Um, and, uh, was you at the front, Pearl? I wasn't there. No, I oh, wasn't you. You weren't at that one. <laughs> Jennifer, Jennifer oh, was. She yes, was telling me. Yeah. yeah, a friend of ours was yeah. there. No, I was. I was at the back, just just taking it all in. It was an incredible experience. Back by the Roots Radics. No, I was just going to say Gregory Isaacs was saying off air. Was was debating whether he was like the. Well, I know that Dennis Brown's a crown prince and Gregory Isaacs a cool ruler. Mm-hmm. Well, I say that Gregory. There's a certain elevation around him, the way he looked and dressed, and um, mm-hmm. you know, he's, you can tell from a picture that that is someone you want to listen to, there isn't you it? Go. You know, um, yeah. and obviously brought out. Have they done a Gabici special, didn't they, with yes. around him? Him and Norman, Norman Jay, they uh, they sort of Gabici know their uh, their history and they do good yes. work around that, but. The music obviously is the thing. So we're in August. It's got, even though it's a pre-record, we're going out in August and carnival season. Oh, yes. What what's what does carnival mean to both of you? Oh gosh, Pearl first. It's How very... long have you got? By the way? <laughs> but, uh, Pearl, Pearl's Pearl go it's first. It's very important to me yeah. because of my background. Uh, my background is Grenadian. Yes. And of course, um, Shepherd's Bush, where I grew up, that was okay. called Little Grenada. I knew you was class, West London. <laughs> yeah, so, I was yeah. born in Notting Hill, um, Labrook Grove. So, of course, um, I was taken there at the age of about 10 by my dad. So I've been going probably over 50 years. It's the 50th anniversary this year of Sound Systems. And I remember in 1974 saying to my parents, this is the last time I'm coming with you because I saw the sound systems and I thought, nah, I don't want to have to be with my parents. 
But um, no, I was going prior to that um, yeah. with my dad um, as we just lived just down the road. Um, so yeah, it's very important. It's only two days where we can let off steam, yeah. Yeah. be part of the culture, yeah. the heritage. It's very, very important uh, to me. And in Ladbroke Grove, there's an area by St. Charles Square, which is called the Grenada Corner. Okay. So um, if you wanted to see family members or people from Grenada, that's where you would congregate. Yeah. Each of the islands have their different spaces in, in Notting Hill, for, where they have their own corners. Gotcha. But the Grenada Corner is one of the biggest. Yeah, lovely. Yes. And what about you, Toby? When did you first go? 85 was my first year. I haven't missed any since. Um, that recollection from that first one would be uh, Norman Jay's Good Times probably only in about his second or third year he was on Cambridge Gardens then um, with brother Joey's sound system yeah. and I was just it just I was just blown apart I just thought this is you know this is incredible for me now it's the exactly as Pearl said it's the freedom to dance on the street um, it's our time to do that um, it's the only cause I can think of frankly that I'd go to the barricades to to protect really um, I think we all feared during the Covid uh, two years that they would um, uh, organise to, to get it moved or stopped which is what they've always wanted to do but we survived that and that's it ain't going nowhere now it was talking about Hyde Park at one point that, wasn't that's, it? that's, the, that's the perennial yeah. but the, 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 the fact of the matter is it's worth you know it's a, it's, I think it's a UNESCO World Heritage thing or something now it, um, it, it, it is uniquely West London yes. you know in as much as it, it isn't but it, but it is yeah. it's, it's, is such, a, it it's is. such an integral part of yeah. of the community there you know yeah. yes. it's also yeah, worth about true. a billion quid in tourist revenue that's not is an exaggeration yes. and obviously with a long standing Labour mayor now then, then the, the building blocks are in place I think to preserve it obviously now it's it's heavily regulated and it has to be um, obviously, the, the years I started were the, you know, it was, it was the Wild West, um, and, but that couldn't continue. We want, no, we want it to continue and to be safe. Yeah. Um, very quickly, because uh, it will pertain, I think, to the very last track, if anything. Um, and my biggest uh, carnival years were outside the boxes of Jar Observer Sound System at Lebury Road, uh, year after year after year, both days, without knowing that Pearl was there as well 10 yards away <laughs> yes um, it was so uh, he, funny he, he's retired now but yes. th those were my carnival golden years yeah same here um finding jar observer well to go and follow um channel one first yeah and we'll cross over the road to jar observer then i realized that quite a few of the guys from jar observer from jar observer were friends of mine from school right so that made it well, even better for me yeah. so i was there on my own and every year right down at the front you know, it was just an experience. Letting the music wash over you. Oh, yeah. For man. two days, yeah. you know, there's yeah. nothing, nothing like it. But I no. used to go on my own as well. It's, it's, it carnival's the wrong thing to meet up with loads of people. You can't, you can't do it by committee. Yeah. Yeah. If you want it enough, you go on your own, yeah. which is what I did until yeah. I met Pearl. That was the first thing we said, can you, can you, can you do a carnival? <laughs> can you do it on your own? I always go on my own, so we, we, we've more, we haven't quite had a, we haven't had a carnival round. No, not yet. This month, you know, you're there, so no time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get your camera out, Tom. That's right. But um, I used to go each year and, and see the same guys on the same bit of wall. You'd, you'd nod, you're yeah. right, yeah, you're all right, yeah. here another year. And that was the conversation yeah. done, and you'd share whatever you were sharing, drinks and what have you. But uh, th those were my golden years, but I still love it.
Right, so your next track oh, is yes. Bob and Ty, I oh, Don't yes. Care. Talk, talk, to me, talk to me about that. Why? <laughs> uh, there's three reasons for choosing it. One is, f- for me, Studio One is the pinnacle of Jamaica music. It's mm-hmm. the blue note of Jamaica, the Motown of Jamaica, everything. It is the quality, quality pyramid of Jamaica music. That's point number one. Point number two, for me, it's probably my favourite piece of Studio One. It's an incredibly arranged piece of music powerful vocal it's a cracking piece of music but i also picked it um because i'm not really a collector i count myself as a selector not a collector but i will not rest until i own this on a seven inch <laughs> single um i've brought uh this, this is not a great radio moment but i've this this is the only format i've got it on which is a, a really nice trojan lp from the early 80s i think um i won't rest till i've got it on a seven inch single how rare, I mean, it's, it's obviously rare if you've not found it as yet, but how many copies were made, do you think? Oh, great question. The original Music City blank would have been low hundreds to 300. Um, the Blue Coxon UK would have been several hundred. Um, so those are the two regular formats. I'll take either. And it's been bootlegged once, and that was a limited edition of 150. Wow. That is now 200 pounds, the bootleg. Well, wow. Blue Coxon is probably four, five hundred. Music City Blank, forget about it. Mm-hmm. Six, eight hundred, even if e- e- yeah, and even even when you get one, I've been offered one, and it, the money wasn't there at the time. Yeah. I was offered one for five hundred, but the money wasn't there at the time. So, so if anyone's got a copy out there, they want to sell it with two hundred and fifty. I won't take anything off we'll, that. But, we'll, uh, we'll have it, and we we'll knock it on yeah. for three hundred. So uh, <laughs> we we have a uh, we have a deal, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
There you are Bob and Ty with their version, or with their song, I Don't Care. But we care, don't we, Joe? We do, we do, we do. We we're do. joined by our special guest, Toby Broom, and his lovely partner, Pearl. And um, we're going to talk about emotions, which is not so much a reggae track. It isn't at all a reggae soul track. track. Yeah, absolutely. And we're feeling the soul. Yeah, well, we, um, Pearl and I work as Camberwell Connection, radio, uh, gigs, various other things. We have a little sound system. And our thing when we set Campbellwell Connection up was we would not just stick to reggae because when you know, raving when we were younger, or I was younger anyway, it was, it was always a mixture because you always had a room full of people and they all wanted different things. So we play reggae, soul and jazz, actually, even though we both... Funk as well. We, yeah, we define jazz differently. Mm -hmm. um, so I couldn't come with five tracks and not pick a, a soul track um, and or an, an, another track. And this this is kind of a gateway. So you, you could put this on, and you could, if you're playing, you could go in a number of different directions. It's got kind of a rare groove feel to it. Um, it's a great piece of music in its own right, and uh, uh, probably my number one soul pick. Actually, there was a toss up between this and uh, one other, but this one. What was the other? It was "Don't Go Breaking My Heart" by Bobby Womack. Well, please don't break my heart by Bobby White, mate. Had a long time. Not Kiki D, no. <laughs> Hell no. Elton John, no. Do you know my, uh, Bobby my man used to be... How uh, could you break my Bobby heart? Bobby White, cleaner. Oh, really? No. Yeah, she did, yeah. Whoa, that's small. Yeah, yeah. She, she had no idea who he was. You know, no sort of... Uh, no idea of the relevance. And she, yeah, she, and my mum always tells this great story of remembering her coming home and saying... So he bought the house from someone and my nan was the cleaner there and he, he decided to keep keep her on and she still she's great still she says, Bobby oh, I can't remember his name. It begins with a W and my mum sort of laughing, he said, What Bobby Womack? She went, Yeah, that's it. Wow. <laughs> oh wow. Where was yeah. that? Here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a place here? Yeah, a place yeah. here. Never knew that. Yeah, he had a place here, yeah, West London. Oh wow. Um and yeah, she she just couldn't have couldn't have sung his praises high, highly enough. Oh, amazing. Oh, yeah. Lots to clear up, yeah. I'd have thought. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to sort of talk about, you know, I, I, I do think reading the book, because um, you talk a lot about, you know, old Jamaican men sitting in the corner playing dominoes. I feel there's, there's sort of an affinity between the Irish and, and the Jamaicans. It, it, it really seems... To me, you know, you talk about being in the pub and and sort of old men playing dominoes. That's a that's a memory I have from when I'm a, when I was a kid. Like, but it was my granddad playing cards. Yeah. And, you know, they have their table, and this yeah. is the time they. Yeah. Play. I mean, in fairness to my granddad, God rest him. Like, his time in the pub was from opening to closing, and mm. he played cards from opening to closing. But, but it, it really, I don't know. I, I feel quite nostalgic, despite. It, it wasn't my experience, but but I, I really felt you know I felt an affinity to it. it well, no, you know, course, they had the you know, music playing it, and it wasn't you know it wasn't quite as good. But, no, of course. But yeah. I think that's it's the old thing that you know no blacks, no dogs, dogs no, no Irish. Irish. You know, it's yeah. well, But then also the the Western community right and the Irish community are very closely linked, yeah. and it goes back to long time because quite a few of the names in the Caribbean or Irish names. Mm -hmm. Irish or Scottish names. Yeah. So um, a lot of the, certain, like for instance, in the island where my parents come from, which is Caricou, there's a lot of McGregor's, um, you know, typical Scottish names that you find and you think, well, how, what's the connection? 
but it's because of that you know yeah. and then also when they come into this uh, to, to this country that connection with that sign and but then growing up for me in Hammersmith where there was a huge Irish uh, community as well I went to school with loads of Irish yeah, kids yeah, yeah. And, and one thing that used to annoy me is St. Patrick's Day, when I didn't have my shamrock, I couldn't understand why I couldn't have one. <laughs> because all the other kids did. And I never didn't know the reasons why. But uh, yeah, that's a memory I have from growing up in West London yeah, I mean, with the Irish community. My, my nan and granddad, their, their first flat was on the Portobello Road. Yeah. 323. Yeah. Um, mm, yes. You know, crazy to think, you know, and it wasn't, what it is now no like not it, at all it was it was really slum you know, area completely completely yeah. my, my um my nan you know she she died in october but but you know she used to tell me their aspirations were to leave so they were all around Earl's court and they settled in fulham but their aspirations were to move to southfield what's your better place so we yeah. love you yeah. we've, yeah. we've yeah. come a long way yeah. from the emotions yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Yes. it's been one of them days isn't it joe yeah. <laughs> I want to talk to you about about pirate radio. Um, yes. That you know, you you say in the book that you know that was your aim was was yep. to was to 
play on the radio. And yep. I think I think pirate pirate radio is is a thing of the past. Like you know now there's internet radio and any two charlatans can have a radio show. <laughs> but but <laughs> but I think I think the thing about radios I think it's it's an un, it's under underappreciated oh now gosh. because because maybe it's it is too accessible. I think you know you had to put in graft and you know you, you sort of learnt your craft in in the room in the house where you yes. built your sound system yes you collected your records i think maybe yes that that isn't the case now so much and yes there's a lot to unpack in what you've what what you've just said luck plays a huge part as well so i was that bedroom dj and i could do everything except speak into a microphone i was paralyzed by self-consciousness <laughs> And it took me years, even sitting on my own, something like this in front of me in my back, I can still picture it, it was there, but utterly redundant. And, and I knew, but I knew I'd had to do it if I wanted to do radio. And how it, I, I fell into um, uh, Style UK is um, probably take an afternoon in itself, but very briefly, I had a thankless residency <laughs> in, a, in a pub in Battersea, literally one man and his dog, and the, and the man was telling me to turn it down so he could watch the football. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even they left before the end of the game. Absolutely. Oh, I can tell you, I was crying uh, reading that. It was so funny. Thank you for... Because we've all been there. <laughs> thank you for saying that. And God knows, and I was making a really long ass journey that, at the time as well, because my domestic situation. So I was doing all of that from my mother's in Kent. And uh, Tuesday after Tuesday, I was about to knock it on the head very quickly. And these three guys came in um, uh, to have a celebration. It was one of their birthdays. And the guy wandered towards the console. I thought he was on his way to the, to the toilets, but no, he turned left. And said in more or less exactly these words. I'm 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 starting a station. You know, do you want a show? Have you ever done any radio? And anyone answer to that? And I was lucky. I was very early, so he brought out this school timetable, and I just picked Saturday afternoons. And uh, yeah, lo and behold, um, Style UK, uh, three o'clock Saturday afternoons, the Big People Music Show with me, Mr. Swing Easy. <laughs> and I, I think it it's live, isn't it? Like. It, you know, I, I used to do a, a radio show on Portobello Radio and it went out live. I, I interviewed you, Stu, many moons ago. It was your best show, wasn't it? It was your well, best listens, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. But but I loved that, that it was live and you'd have people listening and make people playing tables and tables. Say, Come on, do this and that's that. right. Like, that's right. I, I think that's a, you know, a, I think that's a that's a thing of beauty it, and it, it, it's it, warts and all, isn't it? Like, it is. Because when we inevitably mess up this, Tom works his magic and edits it out like yes. no editing when it's going out live. None whatsoever. That occurred to me as we were sitting here. Excuse me. No, and I, the first week I was there, I was a friend, a very close friend of mine, had a load of records ripped off from a radio station in um, Birmingham. So I was really conscious of that. So I recorded the whole of my first show on the Wonder format that was mini disc, mm -hmm. um, and. Uh, the, the station manager just brought out this battered mini disc like Walkman and plumbed it in. So I was like, I had these really tiny buttons to operate. So the first show is full of, you know, you know, screaming uh, mistakes <laughs> and rewinds and all sorts. And a voice that, that flicked between Alan Partridge and David Rodigan. <laughs> I, I even said, aha, at one point. It was, just, it was completely true. It took me... 
four or five weeks probably to find any kind of normalcy in my voice at all. Partly subconsciously, I thought I had to kind of jazz it up a bit. I couldn't just, you know, sound like what I was. But um, in the end, I settled into my own voice, and and it was a it was a brilliant ride. It was pure pirate, pure pirate. Um, it was in a a, a a box in a business unit. Then we ended up on the top of a tower block. The, the aerials on the opposite tower block. We had shutdowns. We had the DTI it was like chasing us around everywhere. The equipment was impounded. Um, but the, the, I made really strong bonds there with uh, some of the other guys uh, there. That's one. I still see. Them. I saw one of them yesterday. Um, and I lived the dream. Yeah. Yeah, I, think I absolutely lived the dream. It's, um, I suppose when I was younger, it was more garage mm. sort of um, pirate radio stations, but it was, you know, yeah, you'd, you'd manage to sort of tune in on the radio. Oh, but, and I think that, that is, there's, there's a romanticism to it, I think. Yeah, but this, this station had everything. I mean, we, I, the, the, the demographic, we had these you know, very significant groups of teenagers who were, whether it was garage or grime, whatever the, 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 the label it was put on at the time, this was 20 years ago, and they were creating the urban soundtrack of that week um, for, for half the shows. Um, and they were all there at our station meetings, you know, you're sitting there thinking, well, you know, the homework's not getting done here. <laughs> one, of, one, one of their dads picked them up after the station, after the station <laughs> meeting in his car, which I thought was brilliant. But they, they were creating, it was, it, was it was, you know, all sorts of music. But that's the other thing about Pirate that, that is often overlooked, is, is the, the, the specialism of the selection and of the, of the music. You're getting real depth of knowledge which you just don't get on, perhaps for obvious reasons, you don't get on commercial radio. So it's a, it's a, it's a match of the, sort of the immediacy of it and the, you know, the, the underground side of it. But the, the music is, is off the scale. You know, it's, it's streets better than anything you'll hear on commercial radio. I think, you know, you, yeah, it is the selection is carefully curated and, and you, know, you, you, you talk a lot about that in the book, that, that you don't just sort of rock up with a load of records Generally, like you, you know, you've you did a fair bit of that. Yeah. Well, uh, some of the early ones. Yes. When you talk about, oh no. But, but you know, but I think oh, the radio yeah. shows maybe were, they were they were carefully curated, and it was yeah. There was a, it was a journey from from start to finish. And, and, and when I'm selecting properly, then that's what I try to do. But yes, that's right. They, 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 I had all week to think about it, and obviously I had a day job. But all I could think about was was those two hours. Um, but yes, then I make the point, I think, that the guy on before me, Fridge, who's the station manager, <laughs> God, God bless him, uh, big up Fridge, um, he used to operate the Nokia with one hand, and he had this big hold all of bootleg CDs, which just written, <laughs> written in felt tip, and he'd go, he'd just rummage and stick another one in, and you know, while he was doing 20 other things at <laughs> once. So yes, I was, at the opposite, I was at the opposite end of that spectrum. And I suppose maybe you, you talk about um, various sort of gigs where, where you you were the resident dj and they had someone sort of performing and then yeah. you know you said a few times oh no like you know i managed to clear the floor but oh yeah but that's something we've a all few. done like there's something we've all done and I, I don't understand why because people are people are there to see the live act but who wants to go home afterwards it's it's a it's a funny thing but but i suppose would would not thinking about it during the week and like you say like Fridge just had a big bag of CDs does that lend itself more to, to keeping a crowd because you've got this sort of big selection of, of songs to play um, actually it's a demographic 
issue. Um, uh, by and large, um, black crowds come out to have to, to, to judge the selector. Um, and if, if the selector gets it right, they'll let you know. If the selector gets it wrong, they'll definitely let you know. <laughs> they'll let you know even quicker. And so they walk in, and uh, the, there's only one uh, you know guy of my demographic who can walk in and just you know cut it just on name and reputation. Uh, they walk in and see another guy of my demographic who they don't know and they've got no. So I'm, I've, I've got two hands tied behind behind my back before yeah. I've even played a record. Did, did you feel that, all the time? That, that all the time. You're sort of, you know, you're playing our music. You've got to be tip top, like, you know, good won't won't sort of cut the mustard. My issue, Joe, is this: I never ever say anything other than that. I was a willing volunteer for that humiliation. Yeah. Nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody made me go into those pubs. Nobody made me stand there and beg for gigs off the owner. Nobody made me drive four hours round trip from wherever it was I was living to go and do it. So I was a willing, I was a, I was a willing lamb to the slaughter. But you just learn. You learn so fast. I mean that that. Um, the Beaufort was a nursery compared to the Greenleaf, which was a... Well, um, so that, yeah, so that was where that was, you, you got your 50 quid and then the, was, fo the following week they deducted the beers you hadn't paid for. That's so it, that, that that's really it. made me laugh. That's it. I was playing from 11pm until 7, 6, 7, 8 in the morning in a Shabin in Stockwell. Um, midweek? Midweek, on wow. a school night. And it was a 50 quid flat rate. And it was it was a fifty pound note at six seven o'clock in the morning, whatever time it was. The last patron cleared out of there. It was a, a brick bunker with one tiny light, and it was gladiatorial in term in terms of judging the selector. It was gladiatorial, you know, and I, I, they just stand there and kiss it, kiss their teeth and tell you to get lost and all the all, <laughs> literally. It was brutal. It was brutal, but yeah, I had to pay for my beers as I went. And you're quite right. The next week I went, and she gave me forty six quid uh, at seven or eight o'clock in the morning after eight or nine hours standing there being humiliated. And I said, I said forty six. She said, Yeah, yeah. Well, I never paid for two Heineken last week. <laughs> with this next, with the last track you've picked, Sugar Miner. Hang oh. on, Natty. How does that fit in with your whole? Oh gosh, your whole life. Oh my goodness. Well, it does. It does. You know, it's an ethos, and it's um, it's so much tied up in one. It was um, it was a Jar Observer anthem. Heard it there many times. It's the first Studio One single I bought, uh, August nineteen eighty seven. Uh, Sugar Miner was a very personal singer to me, very young at the time, and I always feel like he's singing to me directly. I think other Sugar Miner fans say the same, and it's just the the passion and the drive in the tune and the the sentiment um, from such a young 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 guy who did so much in the music, and uh, yeah, it's a bit of an anthem. Before we before we go, um, we've, you know, this is race through, isn't it, Joe? Especially yes. for you, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The, can we buy your, where's your book? How can we get your book, Toby? We go to dubvendor.co.uk books. Okay, there you go. And Pearl, is there anything you'd like to add? No, not really. It's no. just, uh, you know, the book is very, very funny. Yeah. Um, I, I can, can highly recommend that. that. Yes. It's very funny. Because, of course, there's lots of places that Toby had gone into that me, as from coming from that community, would not go. Yeah. <laughs> so he's very yeah, brave yeah, when brave. I said that to him. You know, I, I wouldn't go to those places that he was that he actually played in and took all that humiliation. <laughs> so, yeah. <Brilliant. laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, it's good.
Yeah. Um, before we've got we've got a few minutes. I just mm. want to ask you about Pingwing. <laughs> God bless him. <laughs> God bless him. Okay, so Pingwing is a um, Jamaican stand-up comedian. Uh, he wears a penguin suit, and I think Pingwing is a sort of a patoisation uh, of Penguin. Mm-hmm. Um, like all Jamaican stand-up comedians, he delivers his material at a million miles an hour. And with unbeknownst to me, one um, New Year's Eve, uh, I was uh, playing the records in a pub where I had a residency where he was the headline act. What I didn't realise was that I was to become a straight man. So on he comes, he's brought with him two limbo dancers who erect a limbo frame in the pub. Um, They come on and start limboing around. They've given me the world's worst condition CD. I normally play vinyl, so I plumbed it into the CD machine in in, in the console. The CD backfires like only a CD can with the... And the girls stop the limbo dancing and cuss me out. Before even penguins come on... (laughs) They, they cuss me out and they say, they say play, it, play it again, play it again. It still doesn't work. Penguins come on and he, just, and he just says, give me some 07, all I am ding there. So I got, I'm going through my boxes literally to find a, a record. And uh, he then used me as his straight man all the way through. So all I did after each gag was play 007 by, um, who is it by? Desmond Decker, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. O- Ocean's Eleven, that one. And then, so he'd tell a gag, the girls would do the limbo dancing, and we eventually get to the end of it. And after which I just collapsed in a chair with utter exhaustion. There's about 200 people in this pub. And he sort of winked at me on the way out. A week later, I turn up at another, another residency, and I take one look at the, the, uh, at, the, at the running order, and it says, Pingwing, comedian. And, and oh, he, no. he walks in, and uh, I literally said, oh, no. And he walks in, he says, look like you and me saggle up again, brother. And I said, where are the girls? He said, I'm, I, didn't, I won't do the pattern. He said, I didn't bring them. They're too, too, too much stress. But go, go, Google uh, YouTube Pingwing, yeah. and you, you'll get the picture. He's very kind. It's not even uh, Kingston. He's country, so it's real, real hard to understand. That that was a uh, breakneck speed. <laughs> you did ask. Lovely. Right, well, yeah, I think that brings us to the Does, end of the show. So you know, thank you, Toby. Thank, thank you for coming on. over. Yeah, lovely. I really appreciate it. Um, before we go, DRC Shipping's our sponsor. We ain't got it in already. You know, <laughs> um, working working it, mate. And uh, also, don't forget our live show in on November the eighteenth at the Water Rats with Nick Corbin. Tickets are available from wegottickets.com. Uh, it's been a pleasure one and all thanks to Tom he's off for three weeks to India Joe's going over to Kip <laughs> Pearl and Toby are going to Brighton and I'm going to lie down the darkened room <laughs> see you all next month thank you thank, thank you. you thank you
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.